Awesome. Shout out to the Lord, eh? The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How awesome is he, eh? I just love getting in the house. Please take a seat. Uh, love coming into the house of God and, uh, and being the house of God. He's my house. We're his house. But it's great to be here worshipping the Lord, eh? And freedom, liberty with life, resurrection life flowing through our veins. Blood of Jesus Christ, powerful thing. Power in the blood. Life of Jesus, eh? Eternal life. How many people got eternal life here today? I mean, the real life of Jesus flowing through your veins. There's about five, ten people with it. Praise God. So we've got a great congregation to preach to, to share with today. Lord, we just invite you to come and touch every heart in this congregation today, even the one who's speaking. Lord, you are just so good. You're so passionate. You're so kind. You're so loving. We thank you that you're sent by our Father to minister to us wonderful words of life today. Bless your word. Bless the message today, we pray. Take over my lips today, I pray in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen. Well, a bit of revision because we've had a couple of months on the kingdom of God, the kingdom. And we've had some great messages, and I just written down a few, few highlights just from the last four speakers. You're right, uh, Caleb? You want to have a preach, or are you just going to give me some support? What do you think about the church? Is it good? No? Okay. <clears throat> okay, so Howie, he, one of the things he said, he said the church is the vehicle of the kingdom. We make up the church, by the way, not this building. You are the temple of God. The church is not the end game, though. How many people think the church is that? And I'll give it as long as I get along there on Sunday, but it's not the end game. You are filled up in church so that you can spill out during the week. I just love that from Pastor Howie. He put it very succinctly there. And he, then he, he said, uh, all the church is in the kingdom, but not all the kingdom is in the church. There's kingdom beyond these walls. Praise God for uh, men of God among the police. Praise God for men of God in parliament. Praise God for men of, and God, of God in the hospitals, men and women of God in the hospitals, not just the men, sorry. Men of God, well, men and women, inclusive. Praise God. So then Ian, Ian preached a great message, fantastic message. Some of the things I wrote down, uh, what he preached, he said, the kingdom of God uh, is established within us before it is established around us. So the question is today, that's why I started off, have you got the blood of Christ running through your veins? Have you got eternal life? Is the kingdom established in your heart and in your life? People want the blessing, but not his lordship. How sad is that? That we just come for the blessing, but we don't want to submit our lives to him. God is calling us out of things that control us. He wants us to come into all that he has for us. These are some of the things that I picked up from Ian's message. There was a whole generation who lost their lives in the wilderness after they came out of Egypt because they never came in to the land that God had for them. And maybe that's sometimes just replayed again today because you haven't come into all the blessings that God has for you and is handing to you in His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Sad if we don't enter in by faith into our promised land, which is Jesus. Praise God. He said how that in the domain of darkness you can have your own way. How many people here today love their own way? That's part of the domain of darkness, doing what I want to do. But in the kingdom of light, we say, your will be done. Great word from Ian. He said there's three levels of living. One is in captivity, like the children of Israel with e in Egypt. Then they came out into the wilderness where there was freedom. 
But if they stayed there too long and not coming into the land, they hankered back to go back to Egypt. It's like God bringing you to church, bringing you out of the world. You're getting born again. But then if you don't enter into all that God has for you, very quickly you'll find yourself slipping back into the world. So there's captivity, there's freedom, but then there's kingdom rule. And I just would love to, and the Lord and our God would just love for you. Your heavenly Father would love to bring you into this place in the kingdom where he is ruling in every area of your heart and in your life. Ruth preached a great message uh, on Mother's Day. She said, training with pussycats won't make you strong, but training with the lion of the tribe of Judah will. So that's what I took away So from Ruth's message. Last week, Tanara Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. He said we shouldn't worry because worry never helps us. How, who, who here? Put your hand up if you've ever been helped by worry. <laughs> there's one at the back. There's one down in the middle. Praise God. But I still believe, Tanara, worry never helps us. So praise God. Uh, worry makes you sick. Who's ever got sick with worry? I've got to put my hand up with that. I'll end up with a sore back. You know, you get a lot of stress by worrying, you know. It's actually physically unhealthy. Worry is time wasted. Who believes it's good time spent worrying? <laughs> See, that was good. So, um, and then he told this wonderful story about, about this plane that was going through a storm and, and the captain got everyone to put their seatbelts on and, uh, and, and, and then it, they hit the storm and there was turbulence and it was just chaos. Some were praying, some were screaming, but then there was this little girl sitting in the seat and they marveled. The hostesses marveled and everyone marveled that she was just sitting there quite calmly. And they asked her, why are you so much at peace going through the storm? And she said, well, because my father's flying the plane and he's taking me home. And you need to know that in life. God is here flying your plane, and he wants to take you home. But Jesus is your home. That's where he wants to take you today. Jesus is your home. So it's up to me now to round up um, on our, the kingdom. And I'll just grab a... Trouble is when... Uh, it's not trouble, but it's good. When I like to praise and worship, I like to shout out to the Lord. I like to give him everything. So then you end up losing your voice a bit. But that's only a small price to play for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. <clears throat> so my message title today is Return to Where You Are. That's an interesting title, isn't it? Return to Where You Are. It's very much where we started back with this message. And like John the Baptist and Jesus started, repent or return, turn around, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. My message today is return to where you are. You know, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. Quite often that's the case. Maybe not always, but quite often that's the case. People that live in the past can actually end up depressed. If you are anxious, it's more than likely that you're living in the future. You're worrying about tomorrow and whether or not you're going to be able to pay the bills and how the kids are going to go or the grandchildren are going to go. But if you're at peace, quite often you're living in the present. And you know the present is a present for you, given to you by God for you to unwrap. For those who don't believe that, well, this is a present evil world, but then there's something even more present than this world. And that's a different present to the one that you're unwrapping. I know that for teachers, but that's all right. Sounds the same. He's a very present help in time of trouble. That's our God, yes? A very present help in time of trouble. So the message is return to where you are. 
Now you might say, well, where am I? Well, we'll work that out. Ruth and I were down in Auckland. And that is my first point, by the way. Where are you? Where are you is the first question I've got to ask today. Where are you? Ruth and I were down in Auckland on uh, Thursday and Friday night. We went down to celebrate my son, who's 29, his birthday, and to take him out for dinner. We had a great time, and I was preparing this message on Friday back at the hotel up the top of Queen Street uh, there at the Cordis, and then Ruth decided she wanted to go shopping. Shocking. Did I say shocking? I mean shopping. It's not shopping. That's right. Okay. And uh, so I said, that's fine. She says, you stay up there and do your message. But who knows that after a while you get a bit lonely. But after a while doing my message, I thought, well, I should be joining my wife. That was, how many of you know that's a good thought? You don't like that idea, Ruben? Okay. So I phoned her up on the phone and I said, where are you? I thought she might have just drifted down a couple of blocks. She says, I'm right down the bottom of Queen Street. So what? It's about two kilometers down there, you know. She says, I'm opposite the bank. Follow the money. Follow the money. I knew it. I knew it. Follow the money. And uh, so I wandered down. I didn't wander. It took me a hike. Thankfully, it was downhill. How many of you know that when you wander away from God, it's downhill? But Ruth wasn't wandering away from God. Praise God. (laughs) Where are you? So I got all the way down there. I found her. But we didn't come straight back. We actually got to the water. Right down the bottom you come to the water and it's not the Red Sea and it's not the Jordan River but it is the Auckland Harbour. But we found something down there, it was called the Hilton. So we went in there and we went there for lunch and uh, you ladies would have probably enjoyed that. It was very nice. But then we returned to where we were supposed to be and it was a bit harder walking uphill I must assure you. And uh, so, and that was at the top of the hill. And that's where God has you, right at the top. Where are you? Where does your Father have you? Where are you? Where does your Heavenly Father have you? I don't want to know what your experience is here on earth or what you're going through or where you think you might be. I want to know where are you. And you need to know where you are in God and where He has you because that matters far more than where you have yourself today. Absolutely. Amen. Preach it. That was the first question that uh, God asked Adam when he uh, took of the fruit. And then when he was, he was hiding, him and Eve, God came down and he said, where are you? Where are you? And he was busy doing his own thing, trying to get fig leaves and covering his nakedness. And it, God had far more in mind for Adam than that. He had a far better covering for man than just what they could do with their own hands. It was crazy. Where are you, he says. And God is saying that to you today as you sit in your seat. Where are you? I don't care how much of the Bible you think you've read or how spiritual you think you are or how, much, how good you think you are. He's saying to you, where are you, Ian? Sorry, that was just for Ian. No, it wasn't. It was for you guys. For, no, it was for me. Before it was for you, it was for me. So God's been saying that to me this week. Where are you? God had Adam in a different place. God had Adam in a different place. He had better clothing, better garments. He's got better clothes than even you can buy going down Queen Street and shopping. He's got, he got, he's got the garments of salvation for you. He's got the righteousness of Jesus for you. 
Wow. He's got you sitting at the king's table. He's got you in his son and his son in you. He's got you in this wonderful place. Return to where you are. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right now, today, 2023. And the truth is that Jesus, when he was here on earth, he actually lived in heaven. If you listen to his, if you read the word and you go through the gospels, you find that Jesus said, like in John 17 and verse 24, and it should be on the overhead, when he was praying, this is the true Lord's prayer for that whole chapter of 26 verses. He said, Father, I desire that those also who you gave me may be what? With me, where I am. Where was he? In heaven even though he was here on earth, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Did you know that in the spirit, that's the, that's the uh, world that succeeds, uh, supersedes time and space. It's a supernatural world. It's superior to this world in the spirit. You can travel uh, through space and you're not limited to this earth. But you can be where Jesus is, and that's where the Father, our Father, has you today in Christ. Yes? That was the whole message that Jesus brought. God was really saying to his son, he said, here I am, send me. And his father's saying, well, look, I want you to go, and I want you to tell them that I love them. And I've got great plans for their lives. I have a, a great place for them to dwell you remember he said all the time, he talked about heaven. He said, in my Father's house are many rooms. There's one for every one of you. We don't want to be individually in the room, but hopefully there's, hopefully there's a few in the room that we're in anyway. It's not solitary confinement. It just about sounded like that, didn't it? I apologize for that. But he's got many mansions, like many abodes, many houses, many dwelling places for us. You're going to have a whole mansion. And in Christ... That's where God wants us to, to be. He said, like Jesus said in John 3, 16, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him, that means anyone, everyone, no matter what your past is, no matter what your present is, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Did you know that in this world you might be alive, but you can also be perishing at the same time? Life cannot always be going good, and I know we have trials, but God is saying, I've got a place for you to dwell in the midst of those trials where you don't need to be perishing. See, Jesus went on to say to Nicodemus, the Son of Man came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Then he said, he that believes in him is not condemned. But he that believes not is condemned already. Why? Because he hasn't believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See, you can't try and match him. He is the only begotten. But all that he is, is all that the Father has in mind for you. And He's handing it to you on a plate. But the plate is Jesus. And if you want what's on the plate, you take Jesus because He is the beginning and the end. He is the whole story. He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. You can't have what's on the plate 
by trying to dress and clothe yourself. You have to take his son. That's why when God clothed Adam, he made coats of skin. There was a sacrifice. Someone had to die, and someone has died in our place. He is the King of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. He is the Lord of glory, and he laid down his life, that life that could never be contaminated by sin, that, that body that could never be uh, sick at all. He is not only the healer, he is healing itself. Imagine having that, the blood of Christ flowing through your veins. Imagining Him being your portion. And He is this morning, my brother and sister in Christ. Hallelujah. Go tell them that I love them. Go tell them that I, I, I want the very best for them. That I would never hold anything back, not even my own son, because I want to bless them so much. You see, many of us have come to the cross. But the cross is... Yes, it's where Jesus died for us, but it is the exit from this world. You might have been to the cross many times and then walked back out into the world. You might have laid your burden down many times and gone back and picked it up and walked away again with it. Is that you this morning? Are you one who has come to the cross, but you've never come into life? See, life starts at resurrection. Resurrection is the entrance into the kingdom. Once Jesus rose again from the dead, yes? And that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You can dress up your flesh and blood with clothes. You can go shopping down Queen Street, but you won't enter into heaven with your flesh and blood. But then when you talk of resurrection, Jesus said in John 6, he said, except who he said, whoever eats my flesh, whoa, and drinks my blood, has eternal life in him. See, your life, eternal life, is completely bound up and hidden in Christ Himself. That's why He's the only begotten. You will never be able to match Him, but you can receive Him. Will you have him? God is offering his son to you today. Will you receive him as Lord and Savior? Remember we said some people just want the blessings, but will you receive him? You have to partake of his perfect humanity. He is the seed that was promised to Abraham when God said to Abraham, and your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. When we talk about, he is the word of God. When we talk about the incorruptible seed of the word of God, we're talking about that word incorruptible seed. It means it cannot be corrupted. It cannot be changed. It cannot be genetically rearranged. The will of the Father for which he was sent, he will fulfill in us who were once hell bent. But you've got to receive him. Will you receive him this morning? Go tell them I love him. I'm handing to them my son on a platter. Come and partake at the table of the eternal God, the creator of all. What love. Return to where you are. So where are you is the first question. Maybe we'll move on to the second. Are you with me this morning? I'm not, I don't really want to preach at you. I want to preach with you. So let's just get in this together, right? Eh? Praise God. <laughs> Second question, why, uh, where are you? Why are you here? Number two, 
Why are you here? Do you know, you were born to do something very significant. Your life does matter. God created you. He wouldn't create you without a purpose. If we read in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, we find out that we are His workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So where are you in Christ Jesus as far as God's concerned? You might not be there in your walk abiding in Him now, but that's where God has you. And He created you in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Walk in these good works. Living the life of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 and 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. It's not faith in ourselves, it's faith in Him. It's forsaking all, I trust Him. F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I trust Him. He says, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, just come to the cross, then go back, pick up all your worries, all your anxieties, all your fears, all your woes. Don't walk in freedom. If you draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him, the Father says. What he has pleasure in is if he sees you abiding in his Son, bearing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Amen. Praise God. There was a donkey. This man had a donkey. And he uh, one day fell into a deep well. And try as he would, this man couldn't get this donkey out of this well. So he, must be an old story, this one, because we wouldn't do that today with SPCA around, but he was going to bury him. So he got a shovel and started throwing dirt down on him. I don't know whether this... Uh, I don't know if this, uh, this man with a, with, with a friend with the evil one I don't know, but at any rate, trying to bury him. And uh, as the soil poured into this deep hole, of course, the, there was only light at the top. Maybe some of us can relate to this in our walk, eh, in life. Sometimes we feel like we're down a deep hole, like this donkey, and, and then someone's throwing all this dirt on us. It could be ourselves. Sometimes our own words condemn us. Death and life, after all, are in the power of our tongue. Maybe it could be a partner. Maybe it could be a father and mother. Maybe it could be our children throwing a lot of dirt on us. But at any rate, this donkey was down this well and he was shoveling this dirt down, trying to bury the donkey. But the donkey was a load bearer. He was used to bearing the burden. And he felt the weight going on him and he just shook it off. He just shook it off and he just kept moving around. And very soon he started rising up. And very soon he was out into daylight. By lunchtime, he was out in the grazing in a nice green paddock, praise God. And that's where you could be too if you just abide in him, walk the walk with the Saviour, trust in him, walk in green pastures. David, the psalmist, was there, wasn't he? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Following his lawn. And the Word tells us that we've been begotten again unto a living hope by the resurrection, not the cross, by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've risen from the dead. We're singing about dry bones rattling this morning. Resurrection power. You'll only rise once because you'll never want to go back to the tomb. 
There were those that were hanging around the tomb of the Lord Jesus and the angels appeared to them and they said, why are you here? Why, why do you seek the living one among the dead? He's not here. Death could never hold our Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. This one who's so magnificent and so amazing, who created galaxies simply with his word, the one who is the word of God. How could death itself even hold him? He's not here, but he is risen. And praise God, he's risen in you and he's risen in me and we want him risen in every person in our nation. We believe in resurrection power flowing throughout uh, the, the nation of New Zealand. Days of blessing, that's what I believe for. Where I'm standing in Christ, I can just see a blessing after blessing flowing into our nation. We're not under the circumstances. We're not depressed because we're not worried. We're not anxious. We are actually trusting in the one who is over all and in all and lives in us. Amen. So it's uh, time to change your perspective on who, well, on why you think you exist. Why are you here was the second point. Change your perspective. A lot of people just wonder what's life all about. Why am I here? Well, God has a plan and a purpose. That's why he's asking, where are you? That's why we're reading, why are you here? And the third point who are you? Who are you? In the zoo, there was uh, this man was walking through the zoo one day, and uh, he came to the elephants, and lo and behold, he saw this huge elephant with a tiny, weak rope around its foot, and just tying it up. And he couldn't believe that this elephant just didn't break off and take off. And he spoke to his owner about this. And, uh, you know, how come you haven't got a great big cage around the elephant? How, what's going to keep this? Because that little rope's not, if that elephant bolts, that little rope's not going to hold him back. And as I only said, well, when he was very young, only a much smaller elephant, that rope did hold him back when he was a baby. And he got used to that rope around his leg. And now that's all it takes just to keep him there. Because he thinks he's still captive there, you see. And isn't that like us sometimes? You think what you're experiencing in life is just the normal, this is how it is, this is how it was for my mum and dad, this is how it's probably going to be for my children, this is, this is what it ought No. Those of us who have faith in Christ, we believe for greatness. We declare greatness. We believe for great times. We want to break free. free. We're not in bondage. We're set free. We live in freedom. Uh, if the Son sets you free, the Word says... You shall be free indeed. So, um, it was all to do what the elephant to do with what the elephants believed, and that's what held them back. You see, and maybe it's everything to do with what you believe is what's holding you back in life. But the message is: return to where you are. Have a change of heart. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. It's time to change your perspective on who you are. We don't get our identity from ourselves. We get it through the Lord Jesus Christ, the man that has been received up in glory, who's forever sat down at the right hand of God, the one who went to the cross for us, bore all our sin, and our Father 
after pouring out the judgment on him for our sin, raised him from the dead because he, know, he knew that everything had been completed by his son. And now he's, this man has been received up in glory. He dwells in God. And that's where our Heavenly Father has you. He has a place for you in heaven, in Christ. So change, who are you was the question. Well, I want to tell you who you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are, actually this last week I had a bit of a, because I got another crown on one of my teeth. I'd waited about five months. About a week, 10 days ago I went to the dentist. Cost you quite a bit of money actually for a crown. <clears throat> quite expensive, but that's all right. That's what we're not talking about. But I got a gum infection this week when I headed down to Auckland. So after uh, thinking about taking some antibiotics, I ended up uh, using an age-old remedy, salt. And I did a mouthwash. And it actually cured it. After a couple of days, that did the trick. I tried a couple of other things, including swirling a bit of whiskey around in it. Are you allowed to say whiskey in church? <laughs> For medicinal reasons only, Ian. Okay, that's all right. But that didn't work as well as the salt and water. Well, you are the salt of the earth. And you are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. That's what the Word tells us. That's why it's so important to... To, if you want to know who you really are, to actually delve into the Word. You are the head and not the tail. You are from above and not beneath. You are made in your Father's image. God created you. In Genesis 1.26, He said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. You are created in your Father's image. You are adopted into His family. <clears throat> we read about that in the New Testament. You are accepted. Ephesians 1, he's made us accepted in his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. Who are you? You are accepted with your father. You are a child of God. He wants you in his whānau. He's adopted you. What else has he done? He chose you in Christ from before. You are chosen. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. He chose you in Christ from before the foundation of the world. That's who you are. Return to where you are. Who are you? You are one with Christ. Jesus prayed that in John 17, that there might be one in us. As you, Father, are in me and I in you. And you might not feel you're one in Christ. You might not feel this is where you are. But it's not about feelings. It's about faith and finding out what our Father has said. Because what He says goes. What the King of Kings and Lord of Lords says goes. In a democracy in our, uh, in, in our land, what the governments say might not go. But when it comes to a king, his word is law. He rules supreme. And so you're not only one with Christ, but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, as we read, unto good works that God's before ordained that we should walk in them. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Praise God. Who are you? You are so important to the Father. Yeah? You are a new creation. If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are crucified with Christ. You say, I wasn't around 2,000 years ago. Stop talking rubbish. Well, you, far as God was concerned, you were. You were a twinkle in your heavenly Father's eye even 2,000 years ago. 6,000 years ago when this world was created... You were a twinkle in your father's eye. He chose you in Christ from before that even, before the foundation of the earth. His word is law. What his word says is the way it is. 
We need to come and find out, who am I? Not only crucified with Christ, not only has God judged everything that's not of Him in your life and nailed it to that cross, but you are an heir of God. You now have an inheritance. When you receive His Son, Jesus, you get the whole, the keys to the kingdom. You get the whole nine yards. You get everything. You get the Father's house. You get Him always being with you. You get every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Wow, you are an heir of God. You are so blessed. It's so good to be in this room with such blessed people. Praise God. You are an heir of God. You are a friend of Jesus. He said, I call you not servants. I call you friends. Wow, that's why Jesus loves to come here on a Sunday morning when we gather around Him, the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's why I love to acknowledge and welcome His presence because He promised to be here and He's here today and He's here now and He's touching your heart and He's speaking into your life right now. Open your heart to Him. Hear His voice. You are a citizen of heaven. You might have a passport and you can go overseas because you've got a passport in New Zealand or wherever, but you've got more than that. You've got a heavenly passport. You're a citizen of heaven. You have access to the Father's house. Heaven has never shut over his kids. He's the greatest dad there could ever be. He sent his son to tell us that he loves us. Go tell them I love them. He would never shut heaven's door over you. Someone will tell you it's shut. Someone will whisper in your ear that you haven't been good enough, therefore he's going to shut you out. But our dad doesn't behave like that. He is so for you. He loves you so much. You're a citizen of heaven. You're an ambassador for Christ. You are so important. Why are you here? Because you're on a mission. You're sent to be missionaries to this world, ambassadors of heaven. That's why when we pray, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've been to the Father's house. I want those uh, conditions or that, that environment uh, manifesting itself here on earth. The presence that I experience there, I want it here. And God wants it. And He's everywhere. And He's right here with you today. And He's in you. And He's for you. You are more than a conqueror. You are a king. You do reign. There is the roar of a lion within you. Once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when He becomes your life, you have eternal life in you. You walk in boldness and in confidence. It's our confidence, my confidence is not in me. I can assure you, I hated school speeches when I was at school. I didn't even know how to put my thoughts on paper. I'm still not very good at it, but God helps me. I used to get the encyclopedia and write down something about dinosaurs and then I couldn't actually read the words because I couldn't read very well. I failed in English at school. But the boldness is not in me. My boldness and confidence is in the Lord, in my God, in my Father. He gives me great confidence to stand before you today and declare the word of the Lord, to share the heart of our Father with you. It's time to change your sense of worth and significance because if you think poorly about yourself, you'll think poorly about everyone else, including your wife, including your kids, and everybody else that you think has done you some harm. Because everybody's against you. Well, they're not. Your Father is for you. <laughs> you don't need to be anxious about anything. Ah, oh, that was a good word from Tanara last week. Praise the Lord. The kingdom of God should... 
uh, could be described as a place where God rules, a place where death is overcome, and a place where diseases are cured. Hallelujah. God can heal you today. Sometimes it's not so much your body that needs curing, although it may do today. And if you want healing, you can come forward for that today. We invite you to come for healing. We will lay hands on you and pray for healing. But it's the inner healing of our soul that often needs to happen. The deep wounds and the scarrings that are within. And that's what I love to go after is people come forward for healing and that. And they've got something that's worrying them or something deep-rooted. I love to just minister into that area of their lives. And let them come into freedom. God has freedom, life, healing, blessing for you today. It's time for each one of us to take our place and to fulfill our glorious destiny and begin to reign. Begin to reign. Reigning with Christ. Not when you get to heaven. You'll end up anxious if you're always living in the future. You know, or looking back in the past. You're not going to be too good, but just the present is a present for you to unpackage. And God is handing his son to you on a plate to receive him and all the blessings that he has for you in Christ. Return to where you are. You're important to the world. You're important to the universe. You're important to your heavenly father. Return to where you are. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That is the message today. Your father loves you. We said first, where are you? You need to ask that question. Where are you dwelling? Where are you abiding? We said, why are you here? You need to understand why you are here. God is asking, I'm asking you that. Seek the Lord for the answer to that, and you'll be a happy chappy or a happy woman. Yeah. Who are you? Don't get your identity from your mum and dad and and from what the kids at school have been saying or what your peers at work say, get your identity from your heavenly Father. Who are you? I'm blessed. I'm chosen. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ, my Lord. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm from above and not beneath. Praise God for that. You certainly are. Amen and amen. And amen again. Praise his name. Return, as we close this series, God is saying what he said two months ago as we opened the series, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Return to where you are. Return to where your father has you. Let's stand.